What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number seven of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch podcast. In this podcast, we will look at everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. I'm your host, Sir Dr. JM. You can find me on Twitter, you can find me on Instagram. Go ahead and follow me there, drop me a line, let me know anything you like. And if it relates to Overwatch, we might just talk about it on the show. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And as I mentioned on every episode, we'll get on some other podcast services one day. If you like what you hear here, please share this podcast with all your friends and family and get them listening too. Now then, in most every episode, we like to start with a little look at all the latest news going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. And from there, we will go into a segment I like to call the Owl Recap, where we look at the previous week's Overwatch League uh, matches. However, as we'll find out this week, that's going to be a little bit difficult. After that segment, we move on to Owl Flying At You, where we look at the upcoming matches in the Overwatch League. This week, I am recording on what is March 19th, that is Thursday, and it's a good thing because we keep having news uh, break seemingly every night. Yesterday, and I'll go into these in more detail, yesterday we had the news of uh, the newest character, character or hero, sorry, 32 Echo, being unveiled with the announcement that uh, there would be a live stream today of the details regarding Echo. Now, I purposely delayed recording until Thursday in order to cover that. However, as of about 20 minutes ago, I went upstairs and there was even more news breaking. Now, this news was a little more related to real-life ongoing events, not so much uh, in-game stuff like the Echo unveiling. However, we'll get into all that shortly. Let's start with what was going to be my first news story on, uh, well, it still will be the first news story, but let's start with this news story, which would have been the best news of the day. Our first story reads like this. Watchpoint, this week's matches revealed, hero pool selection update, and much more. Now, this was posted on overwatchleague.com by Blizzard Entertainment, and this was a bit of a summary recap of the impromptu sort of uh, last-minute Watchpoint post show that uh, that they did that Blizzard hosted on Sunday, I believe. Now at the time we had all matches canceled and postponed, whatever you want to call it, um, due to the coronavirus concerns. However, shortly after that, they announced that the matches would be coming back and they would be ho holding this Watchpoint post show to uh, announce the new schedule. Now I'm gonna go over what they announced there, just because it was all posted in this article. But as you'll see from the news story that comes, let's look at my schedule immediately after that, uh, this might not hold so true. So the article reads like this. On today's Watchpoint Overwatch League, VP John Spector revealed this week's live schedule of matches and changes to the hero pool selection process. This week's matches, Saturday, March 21st, San Francisco Shock versus Seoul Dynasty, 11 a.m. PT. Los Angeles Valiant versus Los Angeles Gladiators, 1 p.m. PT. Sunday, March 22nd, Seoul Dynasty versus LA Gladiators, 11 a.m. PT. San Francisco Shock versus LA Valiant, 1 p.m. PT. All matches will be broadcast live on YouTube. An updated schedule will be released this week. 
hero pool update. Previously, all heroes with within a role with a 10% play rate or higher had an equal chance of being pulled out of the hero pool rotation. Starting with the next hero pool selection on March 22nd, weighted selection probabilities based on hero play rate will be used. Heroes with 10 to 25% play rate receive one ticket in the selection lottery. 25 to 50% play rate, two tickets. 50 to 75% play rate, three tickets. 75% plus play rate, four tickets. Spectre also explained why All-Star Weekend was moved to the end of the season and why the mid-season tournament was cancelled. But that was just the start of Watchpoint. Paris Eternal's Terence Soon Tarlier and San Francisco Shock's Matthew Super Delisi joined the show to discuss their respective seasons. Plus, the gang took a very, very early look at season awards and the top five plays of the year. Watch the entire show now. So that was the whole article posted by Blizzard, um, kind of summarizing all the events that took place in that watchpoint. Now, I'll break it down right now into two sections. So we'll talk about the first half, the uh, this week's matches part, and then I'll talk about the hero pool after that uh, for reasons which will become clear momentarily. So this week's matches, um, they announced the schedule and they announced that all matches would be rescheduled and planned out and everything, which was great. Um, looking at this this weekend, what would be March 21st and March 22nd's matches uh, should have been a couple good matchups, especially on Saturday, seeing San Francisco Shock, the reigning champions, take on the Seoul Dynasty. Um, I like seeing Seoul play. I know they have a, a significant fan base. Um, and of course, with San Francisco being the former champions, I might have a grudge against them because they beat Vancouver, but I'm sure that would have been a great match to see. Great to see San Francisco back in action after their opening weekend where they played one game, and great to see Seoul playing after uh, so many delays in their, uh, in their schedule. Now, other than that, the second game, the LA Valiant versus the LA Gladiators, would have been a blast to see as well, because it's, you know, the Battle of Los Angeles, and uh, both teams this year so far have looked um, pretty decent, especially compared to the previous season. I know the Valiant weren't quite as good as they probably hoped, um, however, it would have been fun to see both teams play. And then on Sunday, you know, doing a bit of a swap around, having Soul Dynasty play uh, the LA Gladiators in San Francisco, play the LA Valiant. Again, would have been fun to see. Maybe a little bit more one-sided on the uh, Sunday matches, but who knows? Uh, these teams at this point have had a significant amount of time to practice. Now, I'm going to leave it at that for quote-unquote this week's matches, and we'll get to that right after I finish covering the rest of what they discussed in the Watchpoint show. So the second half was the hero pool update. Um, so it was actually an interesting discussion that uh, So had with John Spector, the Overwatch League VP, because they really talked about how, you know, um, the only reason Soldier was being played in the most recent weekend that there were actually matches, which I believe was weekend five, week five, um, they talked about the only reason Soldier was really being played was because of the bans from the week prior. So that kind of brought Soldier into the meta for that weekend. Then, of course, at the end of that weekend, we saw Soldier get drawn for the um, for the hero pool rotation. So he's now locked out. So what does that mean? That means most players or most teams are pretty much just going to pivot back to uh, whoever was locked out. If I remember correctly, I think it was McCree and Widowmaker on the damage side. 
So they kind of talked about how, you know, they don't necessarily want it to be, well, the odds are the odds. And these, these characters, regardless of how much they were played, all have an equal chance of being chosen. Really, it should be whichever characters were played the most have the highest chance of being uh, chosen to be cut by the hero pool. So a good example of that is, you know, Diva, who has been consistently in the top, um, I think, top 75 plus range. So this past week, we saw Winston get blocked on the on the tank side, whereas Winston wasn't played nearly as much as Diva. So with this new system, Diva would have, say, four tickets. Winston, just I'm just guessing, I don't remember what the percentages were, but Winston might have only had three. So yes, there's still a high likelihood that Winston gets chosen, but there's a higher likelihood that Diva gets chosen instead. So I do actually like this change quite a bit. Um, on the soldier side of things, soldier in this case, I think, would have only had maybe one or two tickets in the entry, being in that less than 50% um, play rate bracket. Whereas a different character would have obviously had more and therefore had a higher chance of being chosen and cut by the hero pool. So overall, I do like these these changes that they announced, um, particularly on the tank side, I think it'll be interesting because obviously there's a limited number of tanks compared to the other two groups, obviously, you know, support as well as similar to tank, but tank especially I think will be interesting because of the tank roles that uh, that we're seeing played in the meta the most kind of thing now the other thing they also touched on there that I probably won't really talk too much about but I'll just touch on here um, the all-star weekend being moved to the end of the season and the mid-season tournament being cancelled well the mid-season tournament being cancelled was a bit of an easy one to talk about because really this we should be approaching the mid-season let me just take a quick peek here uh, there are 22, 27 weeks, 27 weeks. So halfway through that would be in theory week 13. Um, but obviously we're currently at week seven, but we've missed just a ton of games as well as a few complete weeks altogether have been missed. So that makes sense that they kind of canceled that because the mid season is kind of a question mark right now. We don't really know when we'll actually reach the middle point of the season. So hard to say hard to make a real a realistic decision around that other than canceling it if you ask me now then the all-star weekend being moved to the end of the season i think it's just kind of a cool idea because i think i talked about this on last week's episode it just draws out the season a little bit more you know we'll well at this rate we won't get to see a season played but let's assume the full season gets played we'll see the full season and then you know maybe the week after or maybe even a couple weeks after it'll come back around to the all-star weekend which in my opinion is lots of fun to see and i always enjoy now the next news story that i'm going to talk about was somewhat breaking news breaking news this just in overwatch league postpones march 21st to 22nd matches that's the title of the article posted by blizzard entertainment just today in fact, I was about to start recording. Um, I got my run of show together. I actually stopped. I went upstairs for just a moment to get some water and things. I hopped on Twitter just to take a look at, you know, whatever, what was going on. And 20 minutes before I hopped on Twitter, I saw that they posted this. 
And that was maybe 40 minutes after the state of California announced a, quote, stay-at-home order for the entire state, of course, due to the coronavirus. Now, this obviously affects my first story, where I went through the Saturday and Sunday matches. Obviously, as I just mentioned, those matches have now been postponed. This is also, of course, going to affect my final segment of the show, where we look at the upcoming week matches. So, similar to last week, this week might be a bit shorter of a show, unfortunately. One of these days, I would love to do a full show where I break down the news, and then I look at the previous week's matches, and and I analyze them, and I go over them, and I talk about some good plays and some good players, and what I'm seeing, and how I'm enjoying things, and then I'd love to get to a section where I get to, I don't know, look at the upcoming week's matches, and analyze those, and break down the teams a little bit and talk about who I'm excited to watch play and the standings and all that fun stuff. But at this rate, I'm never going to get to do that again. So let's just read through this article so I can share with you the exact details that Blizzard posted. Um, And then we'll go into some, you know, happier news uh, where we'll look at the new hero and everything. The article is short and it reads like this. For the overall safety and well-being of our players, teams, and staffs, And in alignment with California's statewide, quote, stay at home, end quote, order, we are canceling this weekend's scheduled Overwatch League competition. We will share more details on match rescheduling and look forward to returning to action soon. That's it. It is one, two sentences long. That's all they posted. Um, Looking at their Twitter, it's a very similar story. And I'm sure the Overwatch League cried out in anguish as I did, and as I cried out to my wife and said, no. The good news is this means more time to play Animal Crossing, which I'm definitely uh, have now bought online because there's no way I'm going in stores to pick it up with all the coronavirus concerns. So obviously, looking at the schedule again, that sucks because I'm sure these teams were very excited to get back at it. San Francisco, LA Valiant, LA Gladiators, and Seoul, of course. Seoul not having played a single match this season yet. I'm sure all of these teams were definitely ready to stretch their legs, stretch their arms, their fingers, if you will, click some heads and all that fun stuff. But unfortunately, we're going to wait at least yet another week for more matches. Um, In all honesty, I mean, if if I'm being real and I'm looking at the situation where I am, I don't see this coronavirus situation ending soon. So I'm actually very curious at this point how long measures like this will be in place. If California has a, quote, stay-at-home order, I'm not really sure what that means. I'm not really sure if that's, like, enforced by law or what the deal is. If it is, then this is a pretty sad future we're living in. Um, and I think we we wound up in the wrong, the wrong timeline. I'd like to go to another one. I'd like to re-roll and maybe go through a different door if that's possible. But, like I said... I don't see the situation ending anytime soon. Hopefully we get to a point where some form of group gatherings can at least take place because, I mean, businesses are shutting down at this point. Obviously, leagues and things like that are struggling. I can only imagine what the Overwatch League is feeling as a league overall, considering, you know, leagues like the NBA, the NHL, MLB, um, sort of the major sports leagues. Those guys will be fine because they have, you know, billions and billions of dollars behind them. 
the Overwatch League, although certainly has a significant amount of cash behind it, is definitely not in the same boat as those guys. So I really hope this doesn't damage the league too, too much. Um, you know, I think everyone was saying originally when games were being canceled and rescheduled and postponed and all that stuff, I'm certain everyone was saying, well, why don't they just move to an online format? Like, that's that's how the game is was built, really. It's built as an online multiplayer shooter. And I'm sure when they announced that they were going to do that, everyone was ecstatic. Obviously, this even changes things because now you have, you know, if a team doesn't all live in one location, if if someone is somewhere else, then they're not even able to go to a match. Um, I would assume that uh, these matches, these online matches, were going to be played in kind of certain, I don't, I don't even know what to call it, call it a room where a whole team is together plus, you know, whatever supporting staff. You're going to need IT staff to make sure computers are working and peripherals are working. You're going to need broadcast staff to make sure that streaming is working and everything like that. You're going to need, you know, production assistance and things like that just to help with the players, help people get set up, help things flow. And obviously now you can't even do a small gathering like that. Um, so very sad to see, very disappointed to hear that all I can really say is hopefully we'll have some semblance of matches coming in the near future. I'm actually, before I even go on to the next news stories, I'm going to pull up the schedule and we're going to look at that. So normally I would do this in a section called Owl Flying At Ya, and then I'd make some owl noises and my wife would get mad at me for making owl noises in the basement. But uh, I'm going to look at the schedule just to see what they actually had on there to see what will be changing. So... I mean, if we go back, week five, Washington Justice was the most recent week that was actually played. If we go to the week after that, week six, that was the week that was canceled, and all games for April, March and April were, were announced to be postponed, and then they shortly after announced that they would be moving to an online format, and they announced what week seven would look like. And when I go there, week seven still does have the schedule that they were planning with Seoul, San Francisco, and then LA, LA, and then, you know, matches on Sunday as well. I would imagine because this was just announced, like I say, maybe an hour and a half at this point ago, I'm sure this will, they might just leave this up because, you know, what do they really care? The world's kind of in crisis right now, but maybe they'll take it down. If I go to week eight, oh, look at that. They actually do have a schedule for week eight, and let's check week nine. And week nine. Okay, so this is actually, this is pretty new. Because the last time I looked, which would have been earlier in the week, they actually didn't have these posted yet. Um, I was very much looking forward to finding out when other teams would be playing. I think they had weeks like 8 through 12 were just blank on the schedule. Which would have been all of March and April. Looking at it now, they definitely do have games on the on the board. Obviously, they're not going to be played at this point. Let's go find when our favorite Vancouver Titans will be playing again, or would have been playing again. Wow. Okay, so I'm looking at week 8. So this week would have been week 7. So the following week would have been week 8, March 28th, Saturday, and March 29th, Sunday. Looking at those days, it would have been 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 8, <laughs> 8 matches on Saturday, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight matches on Sunday. Holy cow. That would have been intense. These are obviously a lot of the rescheduled matches that were postponed earlier in the in the season. 
um, looking at who's playing. Yeah, there's there's a few that would have been already scheduled, a few of the, the Atlantic or East Coast ones, but it's all of the Pacific Division ones that are being rescheduled here. So, you know, looking at it, it would have been Gangzhou Charge versus Shanghai Dragons, Chengdu Hunters versus the Hangzhou Spark. Then we have a few um, Atlantic ones, Toronto Defiant versus Boston, Paris Eternal versus London, New York Excelsior versus Atlanta, Florida Mayhem versus Washington Justice. And then again, still on Saturday, San Francisco Shock versus LA Gladiators, Seoul Dynasty versus Dallas Fuel, Chengdu Hunters versus Shanghai Dragons. Oh, I bled into Sunday there. Sunday was that game I just mentioned, Chengdu versus Shanghai. So anyways, the Vancouver Titans would have been playing at 8 p.m. Sunday, March 29th against the Dallas Fuel, a matchup that I'm certain they would have won. <laughs> oh, this makes me sad because we're not going to get to see probably those matches either. Um, moving on to week nine, I'm just curious if they would have been playing back to back. Yeah, it looks like, again, we've got Shanghai and Hangzhou. We've got Chengdu and Gangzhou. Uh, scrolling down, we've got a lot of teams that are playing the weekend before. We got Seoul and Vancouver. We got, looking a little more, LA and Dallas. LA and, well, LA Glad and Dallas. LA Val and San Francisco. So, oh, and then Vancouver again on the Sunday. So, definitely this is when we would have or should have started seeing a lot of those matches that were postponed being played. Um, obviously, it brings a tear to my eye, and I hope yours, that we won't be getting to see a lot of these matches now. Yeah, Vancouver. Oh, Vancouver would have been playing most weekends in a row. That's the dream. And a lot of the time, Saturday and Sunday. I'm guessing this would go right until week 14. And most of this would have been in an effort to get that Pacific Division caught up in terms of matches played and everything, or at least close to it. Because really, at this point, I think the league was hurting because a lot of these games were very behind. Oh, wow. Is this weekend? Am I crazy? Holy cow. Oh, right. They also announced that there would have been Friday games being played. So if I jump to week 12, I think the previous weeks didn't actually have any Friday games. Oh, no, they did. Oh, okay. I'm just crazy and wrong, and I wasn't paying attention. A lot of these games would have been played on Fridays. Um, so in some cases, teams would have been playing three days in a row. And again, that all would have been to compensate for all those matches that were already missed. So, wow, that would have been exciting to see and everything. But for now, matches are postponed seemingly indefinitely. Who knows when we'll get them back. But I digress. For now, I'll just wallow in my sorrow. And as I'm sure all of us will, stuck at home, we'll all just cry together, hold hands, sing songs. Or maybe we'll play some Overwatch. Maybe that's a better idea. Let's all do that. Let's play some Overwatch. Especially because um, the the Archives event is still ongoing. So that's exciting. Um, I think we're in week two now. So the, the nine-win reward for this week is a nice Torbjorn skin. So there's that to look forward to. But... I know I I went off the, the, the track quite a bit there. So let's get back on track and let's move back into the news, rewind a little bit, and I'm just going to talk a little bit about Blizzard confirms Echo is Overwatch's next hero. Now, I actually pulled this information originally from Pedro Perez at .esports.com. Um, this article is obviously a couple days old at this point, but originally it was just analyzing the sort of um, snippets and sneak peeks that Blizzard was teasing at the hero reveal 
Um, it was looking at uh, the character whose name I believe was Liao. I'm just going to pull it up. We're going to check it out. Do, 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 do. Dr. Mina Liao. Killed in a fatal explosion, she played a vital role in creating the Omnics before their uprising, but left Echo as her legacy. That was from Pedro's article, so go ahead and go read that. Give him the click if you want to know the backstory to Echo. Um, so anyways, it started with Blizzard sort of teasing this origin story, and then eventually releasing a, a trailer to show off the story behind Echo. Um, lots of people thought that Echo was going to be an upcoming hero, especially after um, she was featured in the reunion trailer or short that was released in 2018 when ash was announced um echo was sort of the the hidden surprise in a box at the end of that uh trailer and then of course if we fast forward to overwatch 2's announcement in the cinematic they released called i believe it was called zero hour um they showed off echo and they actually showed her flying and everything and so it was very much people were like, well, that's a new hero confirmed. I think the big question mark at the time was, will Echo be in Overwatch 2 only? Or will she come to Overwatch 1 at some point? And obviously we now know that here she is. So go give that uh, article from Pedro on .esports.com a read. And I'll jump right to the next story, um, which went like this. Tim the Tatman and Jeff Kaplan will reveal new Overwatch Hero Echo on Twitch tomorrow. That was posted on Dot Esports by Scott Do Do we Do 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 we Do Do. I'm gonna go with Do. Um, Scott, correct me if you ever hear this podcast and you want to correct me. Tweet at me at Sir Doctor JM and let me know how to pronounce your last name. Regardless. Um, this was originally announced yesterday as well, that they were going to be streaming together to show off the new character. Now, rather than read you that article or anything, I'm actually just going to take a quick peek at our new hero, Echo, and we'll see what uh, what she looks like. So I'm actually just putting on some gameplay so I can kind of watch through that while I talk about her. Um, it does look like she is a pretty interesting character, and she should be a lot of fun to play. I think her ult is going to end up being a uh significantly overpowered and will definitely be nerfed but hey i mean i think that's happened with most heroes when they first come out so breaking her down i'll start with the first the first and most obvious thing i think a lot of people saw her saw her look and that kind of thing and thought she would be another support character well it turns out that she's actually a damage character she's rated on overwatch or playoverwatch.com's website as a two-star difficulty so sort of a medium difficulty out of uh, out of the three ranks they use on that website. And it just says, as a brief description, Echo is an evolutionary robot programmed with a rapidly adapting artificial intelligence, versatile enough to fill multiple battlefield combat roles. And you'll see that ties directly into her ult, which we'll look at shortly. Now, breaking down her abilities, she has first... Her primary fire is called Tri-Shot. Echo fires three shots at once in a triangle pattern. So watching some gameplay of this, it is an interesting kind of ability because, as it says, it's kind of three projectiles, if you will, and they fire kind of almost in a... almost making a Triforce kind of thing, but if the Triforce was disjointed, if the triangle points weren't touching one another... So as they get farther from her body, you can actually kind of see that they, the triangles 
seemingly get a little farther apart. I'm assuming there's probably a max uh, diameter to sort of the whole area of them. Um, so they probably won't just drift endlessly apart, but they do kind of separate out apart from one another a little bit. So that's, that's interesting because I think, um, you know, with a, a lined up shot, that means that if you're aiming for center mass of a body, but they're a little bit, a little ways away and they're, you know, not a super large hero, you might actually wind up with a headshot if that top sort of, um, projectile hits them in the head. So that'll be interesting. Um, in terms of, you know, hitting characters and everything with that. And now I believe her secondary fire is this Sticky Bombs, which says Echo fires a volley of Sticky Bombs that detonates after a delay. So these are interesting. Um, watching some gameplay of her, they kind of, they shoot kind of like uh, Genji's, uh, Genji's not his alternate fire, his primary fire, where it's kind of the three stars all at once but it's three sticky bombs all at once. But the interesting thing is that they kind of hit a hero, they have a bit of a delay, so, you know, a second or two, and then they explode. So that'll be interesting. I, I wonder if you can use them on environmental things, because if you could, you could, you know, it's not a super big delay, but you could throw them at the payload and then hit someone that way if, you know, they're guarding the payload or whatever. Or, you know, throw them at a wall behind a character character thinks, or behind a player, player thinks, oh, I haven't been hit, and then they go off, and I'm assuming they have some sort of splash damage, because they're called sticky bombs, not just sticky projectiles, because that would be useless. So, it'll be interesting to see a little bit more about what that looks like, um, and how sort of unique ways that those can be used. I would imagine, you know, you could also use them in things like a May wall, um, that kind of thing. Moving on, she also has an ability called Flight, which I'm just watching some gameplay and I'm just waiting for her to finish something, which reads something like this. In fact, exactly like this. Echo surges forward quickly, then can fly freely. So watching this ability, it is it is an interesting one. It's not like she just directly takes off straight up in the air. Um, she actually kind of does, does a dash, um, you know, not I don't have a comparison point of it to it, really. She kind of shoots forward with a, a bit of speed, and then she rises up, and from there you can fly wherever you want with her. Um, this one will be particularly interesting in terms of how it controls on console. I've never personally thought that Mercy's ult flies incredibly well, so I would imagine it'll be similar to that, however, with that bit of a dash forward first. Um... So it'll be interesting to see how that's used um, and how that comes into play in, you know, in the middle of a battle. Obviously, she can use it to retreat. She can use it to advance. She can use it to cut paths. In the video I was just watching, um, they're actually playing on... What map is this? This is Rialto. And you actually see at one point she she uses her flight ability to cross the river, but not... Or the canal, I guess. But not at the bridge. She crosses it sort of on that back route, and then she is over at the uh, sort of turning choke point there where you have the overpass. And she kind of comes up behind a number of the um, opposing players, and she's able to pick them off from behind without, without them actually noticing her. So it's interesting. She does, you know, with that dash, I think she's flying kind of low. So in that case, it works well because she kind of skirts across the river without anyone really noticing her and then takes off from there.
one thing that'll be interesting is obviously who's going to counter her. Um, I'm not too sure how that will work, but she doesn't seem too fast. You know, similar to Farah, but not, um, but not, I would say, as fast even. You know, I think Farah tends to be a little floaty, but because Echo has, you know, this free-flying ability, she's almost a little more floaty, if that makes sense. I think she's a lot less quick, and when she falls, it seems like she more glides um, in a similar way, again, to Mercy when she's using her glide ability. Now, looking at Echo's abilities, she literally has an ability called Glide that says Echo can glide while falling. I just wonder if that is a mandatory thing, if it's automatic, as sort of a passive ability, or if it's like Mercy, where you hold down, you know, on console X or, or whatever you hold to make her do that glide. So that'll be interesting. The other abilities that I'm looking at for Echo, one is called Focus Beam. And with this one, it reads Echo channels a beam for a few seconds, dealing very high damage to targets with less than half health. Now that's kind of interesting because that's not something we see typically um, or not not quite the same description we see typically with most Overwatch characters. Um, more often than not, I think what we see in these sort of similar style characters with a, a beam or a light charge move kind of thing, uh, you know, I'm thinking Symmetra or Zarya, um, what we usually see is the strength or the power of their beam builds Oh, sort of over time, not simply the lo the longer they're using it, but in most cases, the longer they're using it, the more powerful it's getting. Um, you know, obviously with Symmetra, it is the more damage that she's getting, the more damage it puts out. With Zarya, obviously, it's more about her energy level and everything like that. But that said, it's interesting that Echo is more of a um, damage dealer, or sort of on the back end, if you will. It's almost like if you can use a, let's say, a McCree on more of the back line to, you know, take down the first half of a target's health, and then you have Echo more behind the tank line, behind a Reinhardt, up in the front a little more, she can then focus down using her focus beam. That said, because of her projectile abilities as well that I already discussed, she'll maybe even be able to, you know, use those abilities to whittle down her target, then she can use her, what the heck was it called? Use her, I guess it's just called flight. Use her flight ability to dash forward, glide upwards, fly over to the character, and then focus them down from there. So that's certainly interesting as well. I'm actually curious to see how much Echo gets played in the free-for-all matches in the arcade mode. If I'm speaking honestly, I don't think it'll be too frequently because, again, her abilities are a lot slower um, and she looks a lot more kind of floaty, flighty, that kind of thing, which makes her an easy target for a lot of those more long-range-based characters. But regardless, that'll be fun to see. Now, finally, the other thing we have is her ult. Now, her ult is called Duplicate, and it reads like this. Echo duplicates a targeted enemy hero and gains use of their abilities. So what does that mean? Watching the gameplay of that, it's literally she uh if i'm not mistaken yeah it says a targeted enemy hero so if she is looking at a character and uses her alt that will allow her to literally change into that hero 
Now, watching the gameplay of it, they use Reinhardt, or in this video I'm watching, she duplicates Reinhardt a couple times, and it looks crazy powerful. One thing that I was reading that it actually doesn't say in the description is that their, their ult of the character she's duplicating charges extremely fast. So if she's duplicating a Reinhardt, her, her whatever you want to call it, clone Reinhardt, builds his ult super fast. In fact, in most of the cases I was watching, it's built so fast that she's able to use it twice. Now that obviously could be significantly game-changing. You could build a team in a lot of ways around Echo and that ability. If you can keep Echo up and you build up that ult and then the enemy team has, you know, just for example, let's say a Reinhardt, and you copy that Reinhardt, you Earth Shatter even if you only hit one or two members, as long as your team is able to help take them down, and keep in mind, you'll still be in Reinhardt, so you're dishing out Reinhardt hammer damage. You take that person down, you now have your ult again, you use it again, you take out another two people, well now they're down to two characters, probably only really their backline, maybe a support in a backline or something like that, and suddenly they have to retreat because they don't really have another option. Now that's obviously best case scenario. Um, but looking at her, you know, looking at more gameplay of her, she does it with someone like Zarya and she actually gets whittled down pretty fast. And the other thing I was reading and just seeing from the gameplay is that when she takes on that hero, she actually gains their health. But once that health goes away, she just reverts back to her normal self. So in a lot of ways, this ult could also even be used to save yourself. Um, rather than having a healer need to come and rush up to the front line or jump in the fray to bring you up to full health or something like that, you could use your ult to either, you know, duplicate a hero and back out or duplicate a hero and then change, honestly, the tide of the battle depending on the hero you, you're able to grab. Now, from the gameplay I'm also seeing, it does look like it is literally... a a hero you are targeting. So the description reads, Echo duplicates a targeted enemy hero and gains use of their abilities. So I do think you have to be looking at them. You probably have to be within a certain proximity to them. So that does make things a little more challenging because, you know, in a lot of cases, you're not going to want to, as a damage hero, be right up in the grill of a uh, tank line. You're generally speaking going to want to be a little farther away at least. But hey, you never know. Um, the other thing is too, like this, this really, this messes with the meta quite, quite a bit, if you ask me, because you could not even focus, you know, don't even think about a tank on the front line. Think about a significant damage, uh, hero. If you maybe have a Pharah that you're playing against and you're having a hard time with, you duplicate that Pharah, and suddenly the enemy team had no idea you were going to go for that, and now you got rockets flying, as well as McCree sniping, as well as, I don't know, Reaper getting up in, in behind the, the back line and things like that. So it really, I think it'll be very interesting to see how she plays into things. I would, honestly, I would say I'm hoping to see a lot of play with her in the upper echelon of games and in the upcoming Overwatch League matches. However, of course, we know that we're not getting those anytime soon. So that's all I really have for the news this week. There is actually a developer update posted by, uh, by Blizzard from Jeff Kaplan, of course, that outlines 
Echo as well. That said, I didn't uh, bother watching that really just because I watched a lot of the gameplay of Echo and read through her her details and everything. So, by all means, it looks like she's going to be an interesting and a fun character. I always look forward to seeing what the skins look like that they announce for the new characters as well as the emotes. I'm a big fan of the fact that she's another Omnic because so far I believe the only Omnic that we've really had is, of course, Zenyatta. So, I mean, I don't know if you can really call her an Omnic because just of her actual backstory, but really she was she was created by the the character in overwatch lore that built the omnics so i mean call her an ai call her as close to an omnic as we're gonna get outside of zenyatta but i'm excited to see this another sort of robo character because i always like those guys or those style characters so that is all i really have for this week's episode unfortunately like i say we aren't getting any Overwatch League next week, so I have no Owlfly and Atcha outside of what I already talked about. I have no Overwatch League recap to go over. So I'll close out the show now by saying thank you very much for listening if you are listening. If you are listening, please feel free to tell your friends if you like this ep- this episode or this series. Um, definitely spread the word there. I'm trying to be more active on Twitter where you can follow me at SirDRJM. You can also follow me on Instagram at the same address. And of course, this was One Man Watchpoint, an Overwatch podcast where we discuss everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll catch you next week.